I don't need you to look at me anymore, Cheese. I don't need, like, that's extra pressure. I'm just ready for this shit. It's extra pressure, bro. I want it to be good. <laughs> Yo, I, hey, I was just reading the, um, the, the article you wrote, the, like, blog on, uh, what, Pigeons and Planes? That was some good shit. That was hilarious. It wasn't meant to be hilarious. I, a lot of things aren't meant to be hilarious, but it was. Yeah. It's mostly because I know you. So did, you, like, did you just read you read you read that for research? Yeah, <laughs> like okay. you researching me. I ha- dude, I had to do more than just this is a homie. And what I do when I make long-term bets, this is what I do. I, give you I, I do this right now. I do, I do this with a lot of people. I make, I make, I make long-term, <laughs> I, I make long-term bets, and I put it in my Google calendars. Uh, they usually favor me, you know what I'm saying? So I got an alert. Are we already recording? I got, I got, I got, I got, I got an yes. alert. I got an alert saying, yeah. I mean, he doesn't believe in that. That's what I'm saying. He doesn't believe in that. So I do want my hundred at some point. Dude, I'm gonna give you. Uh, the, why you have to wait till now? So public uh, public <laughs> accountability. I just want I everybody. Pay. I want everybody like, in the room to go. If I could get off here right now and go get you the money. I get it. Cause yeah, I owe you. Yeah, we'll get but, it. We'll get it after this. I can't after the season though. Dude. You just say I'll pay right now. So what's the but deal? But I just thought about this. It's not over. So you think he could bump it up to to ten? I mean, look, I give you, I give you a hundred. But if it, if something happens, just know I don't need my money back. Plus something. If something happens. He may he may get like 30 assists in a game, like two games in a row. Shit happens. And he's amazing. Yusef, if it's possible, could you? No, that's, could his you, name is not Yusef. It's Pussy Pup. Wow. Could, you, could you do the math on, on on how many assists Lonzo would have to average? Don't do that to him. <laughs> Don't do that to him. <laughs> <laughs> For the rest. <laughs> I ain't never seen that dude do no kind of math. <laughs> in my, I, actually, I've never seen him do no homework. He's in college right now. In some tough classes too, and he don't do shit. Yeah, I, I don't. No, why are you looking like that, dude? I don't believe. I don't believe. You. I don't believe you're he going looks like to be an upstanding gentleman. Joe. Aren't you mentoring him? Like, I mean, if, if that's you can only mentor someone that likes to that would like to be mentored. He don't want to hear shit I got to say. Then you're failing. I yeah. am. I am a failure. You, you as guys a- need to watch more Carmichael show together. <laughs> I think All right, we might. so so let me so okay when I when I started doing this interview whatever mm-hmm. Joe's been asking me to do this interview for like a long a time right yeah and really it's, it can't be an interview it's a conversation I've known Joe too long Joe's he's been a predator on many high school campuses that's how <laughs> that's how that's how that's how long I've known Joe and when I said this I had I, I made it go I was ahead. still young I know I, I mean that's context but. <laughs> You were you were relatively young to the girls that we knew, um, but yeah, this was conditional. I told I told him that one, we needed snacks. Got which, him. Which he's provided. Got, got an array of Skittles, uh, uh, wing stops, uh, specifically Rick Ross wing stops. I hope he's doing okay. Um, yeah, this is classic. We got some. If we got some dies, mango. We got dies. some. We got some mango. I said it's important. Cheese uh, is there at all times. Y'all know cheese. cheese. Cheese will hold people accountable. And three, I have to say, why I do not like Joe. 
<laughs> and I haven't liked Joe. This is the thing. I haven't liked Joe for a very long time. He's uh, been true for a very long time. So, I believe in social currency, mm. right? Social currency, uh, a barter system, things being mutually beneficial. And that's when people are mutually invested in each other. Now, Joe, as he's asking me to do this podcast, there are things that pop up. There's parties that happen. Uh, there's favors that are asked. So I consider this podcast a favor. Now, prior to this podcast, I had asked uh, Giuseppe Joe, for... Joe. My bad. Joe. Joe. I had asked Joe for a favor. Also asked Cheese for that same favor. Interesting. Both ignored me. Mm. Did not ignore. Now, I've been fast forward. Joe before. Yeah, no, I, we all have. We've all been there. We could start a support group. <laughs> now we fast forward. And then it's time to cash in on the, on the favor. I get upset. Cheese knows this. Cheese tries to rectify the situation. Being who Cheese is. Being who Cheese is, the, the, the all around good guy. <laughs> I feel like I'm so quiet. I right hit now. Joe. And I got nothing. I got nothing. And then the next thing that he says is, you still down to do this podcast? <laughs> All right, listen. Can I? Is that- so, so, okay. that's that's not. So, now mind you, I don't like Joe, but I think Joe's a good guy. I don't like him, though. And, and, and this is the thing I used to say as a kid. But I love you, bro. With family, with family, <laughs> there's a lot of family that I, I love that I don't like at all. I don't like them one bit. Like I don't want to be around them. Damn, you don't want to be around me, bro. I'm I'm giving context to all of this. This is the best episode ever. And I I also believe in, like I said, social currency. What people don't realize is there is a constant conversation happening when you have friends, when you have acquaintances, when you have associates. Is are you invested in that person? Cheese has never asked me for a thing in my life. I do anything for cheese, man. Cheese is solid. Stand up. Joe, you're like, if I had a top 10 of rappers, you'd be on the outside of the list. You'd be like Nelly or something. You'd like somebody that if the if 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 a Nelly song comes on, I'm like, I like this. Or turn that off. My soul has left my body. But I still I still got a lot of love for Joe. And the thing is, he's still has done things that are good for people that I know. So I can never hate Joe, but I definitely don't like Joe. And that's all I got to say about that. Woo! Okay. Nah, fuck all that oh. shit. <clears throat> fuck that. Ain't none of that shit. <clears throat> yeah, I don't sit here and be nobody's bitch. Bullshit. Look, first of all, he asked that, right? He asked for the favor. Um, asked me to help him out with something. At the same fucking time... Like I, I did ask the people, and another one of the people I need to, I needed to do it. Very difficult to work with, and then my uncle died like the next day. My uncle Frank, so it was hard to talk to any of my family members about this. I was like, mm, so I'm just gonna, I don't know what to do. And I knew cheese was on it too. I was like, somebody gonna do it. I'm gonna deal with this. But I didn't know this motherfucker would be mad about it. For one. Hold on. You asked me another favor before that. And I said, absolutely. Anytime you've asked me some, I'm right. I'm like, yo, done deal. That one, that was more difficult. Couldn't I didn't get it done and some other shit happened. We asked for the favor before. 
using the pool. Done deal. Anything. Can I clarify that me saying I don't like you, it predates the favor. I know I don't that. like you. I don't like then you. Then why you general. bring up the fucking favor? The favor is the catalyst of the conversation. Is me being like, so by the way, condolences, man. It's always terrible to lose somebody. It's like when you clowning somebody, like, but my mom's dead, man. And it just brings the whole shit down. Really, what 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 got me was there was no communication. There was a lack of response. That between that time and okay, my boy got it. Nothing. But it's cool to ask for the podcast. No, see, I ain't like that, man. That's fucked up. I'm is not it? Like that. I, it is because you gonna have a DJ Envy moment no, right now. Because I asked, she's like, "Yo, is he?" I still would ask. She's like, "Yo, how's he? Is he? Did he find somewhere to do this shit?" So I didn't talk to you, but I knew it was still going on. That's the on. issue, though. I, that's okay, the issue. That's my bad. Okay, there that's we go. Bad. We got we got an apology. No, motherfucker, I didn't say sorry. He I said my sorry. Bad. It's it's all good. <laughs> no, but 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 for me, if you know, if anybody knows me. I don't ask for favors anyway. And I know that, this. that was and that was for somebody else. I know this because I remember when you would ask ask me for a favor, you were like, here's some money because I don't want to owe you shit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe in owing anybody anything. And I don't want any of my never, friends to owe me anything ever. That's real. So but, um Yeah, uh so for the people listening, I know we just jumped right into it and you probably saw who it is on the podcast by reading whatever popped up on your phone and shit. But you know. <laughs> This man right here, uh, fam. Ooh, damn, I don't want to say your last name wrong, but I'm going to do it. Rothstein. Do it. Oh, that's what we're going to do? I'm glad I did that. Fam Rothstein. There we go. All right. He is Childish Gambino's manager still? Yeah. Okay. As music supervisor Music supervisor on Atlanta? This is true. Uh, also a writer on Atlanta? For, for season one, not season, season two. I was a consultant. Consultant on season two. Yeah, I was, I was busy doing management things when they were writing. So okay. what is the I guess what's the difference oh, between hold on, hold. real quick, real quick. He's also the reason why this is why I'm doing a podcast right now. The first podcast I ever did was with Fam and Cheese. Then Fam got super busy. <laughs> then he got a career that just started taking off and I was stuck with Cheese and Cheese don't talk. I think I was super busy before. I think we, I, we had we had like a podcast app on the computer that <laughs> Stop working Nah That's not like what happened that. That's like, not what happened You just weren't gonna be able to do it You said Man Yeah I was carrying the show too Like I, mm. I felt that earlier I was like I don't know if I could Keep this up People I, said I, I was I've listened, funny I've listened to both of you guys People and, said and, I was funny And I mean This is the thing <laughs> Jason Kidd has How many assists You know what I'm saying Like that's Sometimes that's the role Is just to be able to Give the person Cause I know what your skill set is and you've grown into a person that's able to communicate a lot better. But at the time, you were just about, look at my dick. And, you know, just. I did not say that. I said one little joke that was a little overboard that I'll yeah. never say again. You were definitely hyped, though. You were. What was the joke? It was a rape joke. That's what I'm right. saying. Exactly. exactly. Oh. And I had to. That's what I'm saying. I had to pull back. Oh, dear. That's it. I just had to joke. pull back. But it wasn't like rape, though. I never right. mind. I'm not going to go into it. I said that. a rape joke, but it wasn't like rape. Because... rape. You know, like you got like rape, and you got like rape. rape. Yeah, because it wasn't. Right. It was between a couple who, like, they were down for the for the feel of it. Like, oh, I don't want it, but I'm, oh god. Okay, moving on, moving on. <laughs> it's not moving the on. era to do this. Yeah, I know, I know. Sorry, y'all. It it wasn't even funny. It wasn't even good. Yo, fam, people. You know, I want people to know who you are. You are 
this man behind many great things that are happening right now. Atlanta, um, Childish Gabino's career, who is he's going to another level now, and nobody knows you. They keep hearing about fam. They see you on Twitter. You always got some clever ass shit to say. Yeah, nobody knows me because I don't really want people to know me, especially since I'm Nigerian. We have a lot of scammers, so I just try to. <laughs> that's why I have a, a different name. If you could find me, if you want to find me, but uh, yeah, for the most part, I I, I connected with 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 Donald uh, like seven years ago. Um, was kind of in and out working with music prior to that. Like I was working at like a like this house for a house DJ, you know, like underground house music. Uh, but yeah, I connected with Donald at, I think at just the right time where, uh, I think, uh, perspective wise, there weren't a lot of people letting him know what the world thought about him. Like I would go to Joe and he was, you know, look at your boy with his shorts type shit, you know? And, and which is good because I would take that information back and kind of go like, okay, this is where we're working from. Like people need to know this. And at that time, like right when you got to him, his, his listening, his listeners, like the people who followed him. Pretty much very non-black. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I remember it was when, black, but it was like like there was there was a certain archetype of black person mm-hmm. that was listening yeah. to Donald. I remember when uh, we were at Amoeba, yeah. and that was the first time I met him, and we were walking out. This is right before you decided to actually work with him because yeah. you were still trying to figure out if you were going yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. We were walking out, and I didn't know who he was. Yeah. I didn't know he was. I didn't know he was anybody. Then we walk outside and like three little white girls see him and they tripped out. They were like, oh my God. Oh my God, it's Charles got me. I'm like, okay, what's happening? Yeah. They want to take a picture. I'm like, okay. But then you got on board. Blacking it up. Yeah. Man. The sound. You, but we talked about this. You said you were like, oh, he, people need to know he black. It was, I mean, beyond that, like I, I think it's like first and foremost, I got cheese here because cheese, cheese has known me since we were like four, four or five, and Cheese kind of taught me taste. Like, he was like the first dude <laughs> that I saw that would like take some Eddie Jones, Team Jordans, and like properly match a, a fit with those, with, 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 with whatever it was. And and I think at a young age, we kind of, like I, I, I played off of that and inherently started picking up on like what good taste was like. We would have weird shit that we would wear and listen to. Like, we were only ones listening to stuff that wasn't just, like, straight rap in our school. Um, but, but and then we ended up going to schools where, you know, black was the minority, you know, like, later in high school. So I know a guy like Nano, I knew what that represented because I was a dude that, even though I grew up in the A-Tray area, it was like, yeah, I still listen to... Like the flaming lips. Hold on, hold on. You know, a lot of people don't, because we got a lot of listeners, and this is, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Because people need to understand your roots. You know, you are from South Central Los Angeles. When yeah. he said A-Tray Hood, that's a gang. A-Tray Gangster Crib Hood. True, Monster Cody, all that. Yeah, yeah, y'all seen the book. Yeah. Y'all probably read it in high school. Um, But yeah, talk about, let's get the, I want to talk about that actually, like, because people don't, I don't think enough LA people, real LA people get shine. Because you didn't just move here 10 years ago and adopt this city. Nah, not at all. And, and, and I got like, you know, I'm Nigerian background. And it's funny because, you know, I think uh, a lot of the times when Nigerians or Africans in general, they come to this country and the first thing they do is put expectations on the kid. Same way the Japanese do. Like, when, they're like, man, these 
these these foreigners, man, they overperform, and it's always because it's just like the floor should be UCLA. Like you're a failure if you go to UCLA, you know. And if you deal with that as a kid, and you come home and you get all A's and one B, and they're like, what, what what's up with that B? And then my homie got like Jordans for getting two C's. <laughs> right. Is <laughs> is. Yeah, it, it becomes a different thing. And even also being able to translate uh, just the culture. Like, I remember used to, like, take the bus home. I would take that uh, at 40 and at 111. Crenshaw. Um, yeah, that Crenshaw, that intersection, man, Crenshaw and Florence. And I would take the take the bus home and just getting home every day, man. Like, the kind of paranoia that you kind of develop of just knowing how much things change every 10 blocks in L.A. You know, like, you understand... Like I told I told Joe this story. I remember one time I was taking the bus home from uh from school and <laughs> there was a dude in my hood that people were trying to kill and he was like my big homie. Sure. Uh and I seen these people and one of these guys knew that I knew this guy and I was I was uh taking the bus with this girl. I tried not to elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> taking the bus with this girl. I was taking the bus with this girl home, and I saw that this guy, who I never would see at that bus stop, he recognized me, and he was with all these other dudes who um, were all from 60s, which is like a rival gang. I've heard you know? about that, yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and Nipsey, I'm familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I noticed that they saw me, or this one dude saw me, but he doesn't know me well, so the moment I got off the bus, I started dragging my feet a little bit. I put my my hand up, and then I, you know, I, the girl I was with, hey, hey, you know, and I kind of was like playing on the, the I, you know, that I was, he was mentally, yeah, I had okay. to, I had to play the mentally, <laughs> mentally ill card because I just wanted to, to, to kind of bypass whatever pressing. You wanted to survive, absolutely, because, because there's so many different ways to handle, uh, where you from, you know, mm. you could be like, I don't bang, let's fight, whatever. But if you 11 years old, and by the way, they're going to beat you up at 11, too. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Absolutely. But but having to do that as an 11-year-old when it, when it comes to South Central, like, I had the privilege of actually being able to uh, move to Baldwin Hills when I was 18. And it's funny because there's so many people that I feel like are uh, not proud of, up, like, upward mobility. Um, but the moment I moved to Baldwin Hills, I was like, man, we, we made it. We good. Mm-hmm. But I had all these years of just being in South Central and seeing so many different stories, people getting shot, people getting jumped. And that's, and that's just something that, that a lot of people don't understand. It's hard to navigate from, like, right. when, especially working in entertainment. Like what I'm seeing right now, is like nobody in entertainment is from L.A. You know, like, yeah, you have East Rays and all of that. But for the most part, the percentage of people that are from the city that know the city is so small and you understand that like there's people I know right now that are on 83rd and Venice who lived there their whole life and is going to die there yeah. like still you saying that that's exactly why I wanted you to talk about that because there's I mean yeah we know Issa Rae is from LA but at the same time we know that she don't know the LA we know mm-hmm. you know she's going to have to have a friend tell her yeah over here this is what happens over here that's what happens like she ain't going to have a story you know, I shit, I got the story about I was my family lived uh my cousins lived on Manchester and Maine, lived near Manchester and San Pedro, and I was going to school in Westwood for the summer. I had to catch the bus all the way from there. So I'm on Manchester near the airport, going all the way down to the east side of LA. Went through about five hoods, and 
as we got closer to my stop, I was getting closer and closer to the front of the bus. I damn near was in the drive, in the in the bus driver's uh, lap by the time I got home, because I knew this neighborhood was coming up. They get a little tougher. Right. Like the Hoovers came up, I was like, oh shit, I'm going to have a conversation with the bus driver. Fuck this. Right. Oh, I mean, and we talk about the gear gangs too. Just the dirt. I mean, let's not but, talk about. No, we can talk about yeah. the dirtiest West Side hood. That's my brother's gang. It's all good. All right, yeah, they dirty, man. You gonna let them talk about your daddy like that, bro? <laughs> they are dirty. Yeah, but but not even here no more. They're all flockers now. It's like okay, don't talk about them. It's, <laughs> I, I may have one listener, my boy. He's in prison. He probably listens. <laughs> yeah, but I say all that just to free be, little Stevie. Little Stevie, yeah, little Stevie with the ponytail. I don't know if you remember little Stevie, nah. little light skin with the ponytail. I, man, anytime somebody was banging in a light skin, they just had to be a little harder. He was not even a little harder, oh, twice as hard. You know how they listen. say, as a black, as a black man, you got to work twice as hard to get the same. It's like as a, a, a light skin game man, you got to put in twice the work. Listen, to get and let me tell you the something. Same amount of respect. I saw little Stevie at Magic mm-hmm. Mountain. It was like uh, you know how everybody goes right after prom. Yeah. Dangerous. He yeah, it's very dangerous. And I was trying to be I was so extra out that day. I was in all red. But nobody fucked with me because I was big. But little Stevie was little. Now at the end of the day, I saw little Stevie bloodied up and still talking about his uh what's cause his gear game grip. I don't give a fuck. I'm like, damn, he got his ass whooped, but he was ready to fight every single person in that place. Yeah, I just man, see, I like to go home and watch stuff. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't be that dedicated. You know what I'm no, saying? No, dude like, was dedicated. He would ride his bike around the neighborhood all day. I did the math early on game banging. I was just like, because the thing that people don't realize with game banging, it's like, it's not all these kids could come from broke, like broken homes. Some of them, two parent right. households. Facts. All of that. And, it, and, it's, and it's just one of those things where you're like, this is this is the path I'm choosing. I, I knew a lot of those dudes. Um, like yeah, even cheese, we got stories of like cheese holding people's guns. I'm like, nigga, don't hold. What you do? <laughs> like, like on the basketball yeah, court. You, you know what I'm saying? Shit. I'm like, nigga, we got your fingerprints all on that shit, man. <laughs> but, but, uh, but at the same time, like I had all these references. So, like, even circling back, the the moment I meet somebody like Donald, like we already had a, a bit of a kinship, just in, in the sense of like we were into the same things. I just had to. I just knew a lot more hood shit. Than he knew, but he was. It wasn't like he's less black. Right. Like that's the thing that always weirded me out about. I think now we kind of got through that, but I definitely remember the whole like Oreo thing. Like I had family members. I had one sister who was more like about it. Another sister who was like, you know, very very. Uh, she enunciated very well, so I knew how people can be divisive when it comes to just being like, what's your definition of black? Like we're we're starting to get to that point where people aren't tripping on that shit as much mm-hmm. anymore. But I remember back then, like, yeah, I was a smart dude. Like, um, in the in the comics and the music that people around me wasn't listening to. But at the same time, like, yeah, I had big homies that that you know are known. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a different thing when you come from LA and uh, and you have to kind of like navigate through LA and then try to break in the, the entertainment because it's something that that access wise, like I said, I got homies that I know will live and die. On the same block. Now, talking, going back to Donald and you starting off with him. I remember when you were you were just trying to decide and you were like, "Man, he don't have no real role for me yet. I'm not about to just go over there and just be kicking it. That ain't me." What was the deciding factor to say? You know what? I can do this. I'm a role. I'm a final. I'm. They're gonna know. They're gonna give me something a role 
the role to play in this game? And I think like I just started getting to the point where I was able to to see uh, a need, you know, like. Like a lot, this is this is like one of the few times I think in 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 in, in like since growing up where people are carving out jobs for themselves. Like, yeah. like yeah, hey, we on a podcast right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, this could be something yeah. if it's something already. Shit, you know I'm, what I'm saying? Man, I'm hoping. <laughs> but but at that at that time, I just felt like there was there was a need for honesty just around him and some like a bit of perspective. And he was making music. He was doing. Uh, he was like coming off of his first album. Um, called camp and a lot of people thought it was like very whiny and angsty mm-hmm. um me personally I, I i just thought it was okay and then he was going into a mixtape and at that point i was just kind of like all right let me make sure that i'm able to give my specific lens because one of those things that us just talking about growing up in la and being around people like cheese and i had a very specific lens and people don't realize right now what's happening in entertainment is all we are is selling perspective. Mm-hmm. If Joe tells me he likes the Carmichael show, it's because it's just like, damn, I haven't seen that because we haven't had access. If my homegirl who's Muslim is watching Master of None and she sees the episode where they're talking about being Muslim, right. even if it's not good, she's like, man, I've never seen that. Mm-hmm. And that's always enough. So I'm just kind of like, what perspective and what filter am I uh, going to be for, for a guy who right now has... Uh, an audience that likes him for a reason, and I feel like a broader audience should like him. You know what I'm saying? Which is being yourself. Right. You know, because because at, at the I end feel of like the day, he, I always felt like he was the first to just say, "This is who I am. I ain't changing this up for no fucking record sales. I'm gonna give you all of me." Like even if the sound, like you said, camp, you didn't really care for that. I didn't care for it either. Mm-hmm. But even though the sound changed, his who he is did not change. What he wanted to, you know, he talked about different stuff, but it's still him. Yeah, no, absolutely. He was, he was, uh, yeah. At that time, he was wearing like, like I said, we we did like rock the bells, and he had on super short shorts, and everybody was just like, "What's up with your boy, man?" Like, I probably said, "What's up with your you boy?" You did. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, you were one of the people. Yo, and, I remember when I first met Miguel. Because Joe wanted to highlight him. That's why. Fuck out here. No, no, don't don't be playing with our <laughs> listeners like that. You know they want me to be gay so bad. I be seeing like DMs coming. I'm like, I am not reading that. <laughs> I think you and John are just so funny. That's good. That's real good. Hey, no, nah, but yeah, same thing. I remember I saw Miguel back in the day. We were all going to the do over, and he's friends with my friends. I was like, Yo, what's up with your boy? What is he wearing? He was looking like Prince and shit. I was like, Those heels? Yeah. But I mean, know. also Joe's not. He, he, I said this earlier. He doesn't want to experiment. Like he's no, the kind no, of dude no. I'm that would that would joke. Regular. Or he would roast. He would roast somebody like me and Cheese for taking. Experiments, but then he'll wear it five years later. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying. Once it's yeah. once it's after it's been tested on yeah, masses. Once it's, once, once it's safe. Which, Absolutely, which, yeah. which which I get. But I that's what I'm saying with a dude like Donald. I I understood that the energy, even like not combing his hair like that, or having like mm-hmm. the more natural look, mm-hmm. which everybody's doing now. Yeah, look at me. You know what I'm saying? Which is, yeah, it's okay now. Yeah. We talked about once. Let me say this really fast because I I want to start spreading this message. Black man, we need to stop lining up our hair, man, because there was a time. In the 70s, when we had like a more asymmetrical look, and the only thing you could do to take a black man down is talk about his hairline. LeBron James has done nothing wrong in the world, and the only thing you could do is talk about LeBron James' hairline. So I wanna, I wanna, I wanna start doing, you know, we do black boy joy all this shit, man. Let's let's celebrate hairlines. Like stop true, going true. to your barber and getting hair like the sharp line. You know what? Getting that. You're changing my life right now. That I, shoe paint. All right, cheese. Cheese can tell. 
She's going to test it is. Lonzo Ball has 482 assists. Okay. We're getting the assist. He needs how many? He needs 810. Just in people. Yeah. So he would have to average 25 assists. My God. Look, so what? Look, so, Lonzo Ball had to act. See, it ain't, right, it ain't right, even right, leaving right, your right, math right. ability, man. He texts somebody to do the math. Don't matter. Anyway. He resourceful. You're smart. You're he smart. Resourceful. You're, you're, I just Okay, I, I don't really need that's to know. Fire. That's good, fire. That's fire. I appreciate it. But how that. many do we, does he need to average a game? 25. 25 or 6. How many more games? Yeah, there's only like 14 games left. Oh, he can do that easy. I'll give you your fucking money. Thank dude. you. Thank you. Yeah. God damn it. But yeah, the, the hairline thing is important to Yo, me. All right. Like I said, like I was saying, she's going to test this. When I was getting my hair cut, what I say? I was like, don't touch my hairline. Keep it natural. I've yeah, never, I didn't trust the barber. Already, but shut the fuck up. I've never God like the only time I get a lineup is when I like just have a short haircut and I feel like I just look kind of bummy. But most of the time, if I'm growing my hair out even the least bit, I'd never get a lineup. Okay, because it does look go. a little weird when you got waves and shit. You ain't got no lineup. It looks a little off. Right, it does. Even though I still don't even try to get waves because I'm lazy. But, but I'm just saying short haircuts. Like yeah. if Yusef, I mean, he has his hair short, got the waves. You can see the lineup in it. You know what I mean? Once that goes away, it's gonna be like, eh, he looks poor. That's what I'm saying, man. We gotta do better as a people. Man. I shouldn't say that. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. You the kind of dude, man, that make people buy Jordans. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, you the one that told me. This is. Y'all remember you told me and Doc, you gotta own a pair of Jordans, man. I believe that. I'm conditioned. <laughs> I've been conditioned to believe that. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to break through. I still have those Jordans that you used to wear all the fucking time. Wow. Yeah, they are not clean. Wow. Yeah, they still haven't been clean cheese. Have, which, why, you, why do you have They're them? under my bed. They've been under my bed for four years oh, now. I got, a, I got a new pair of those, though, but I'm not the same quality. It's oh, different quality. Yeah, I've been wearing I, I doubt it. I, I doubt it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. too yellow for you. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> They're Jordans. They're mm. cool. Mm. My first pair. Um, all right. So, Royalty Album was the first album that you... It was a mixtape. It was a mix... Yeah, it was a mixtape. Uh... That was like 2012, and this is when he had like, like Prodigy, Han. It was Chance the Rapper's first like known verse. Like that's what my damn nephew, uh, Pussy Pup, told me today. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I mean a lot of cats in that camp, man. Ebra, people don't know this. Ebra was like, who's our creative director, and he did uh the the album cover for Awaken My Love and for Camp, but he was putting people on the Chance back then. Uh, Heim, who's like, you know, big indie group now. That was their first time really being on another project. Uh, and I think he just had like a good mix. He had like, was Nipsey on that one? Yeah. Black uh, Lots? Wasn't that Nah, without, we, so that, that, that mixtape had Unnecessary and it had uh, okay. Schoolboy Q and, and Absol. But Nipsey at the, at the same, like around that same era, they had okay. a song together. Okay. Yeah. What was that on? I think it was just like a Lucy. There was a couple of Lucys around that time that like We Ain't Them was okay. a Lucy. There was a, like there was a song called "We Ain't Them" that I think that was the first time I really heard like Donald rap, and I was like, "Shit, man!" Like even if I didn't know this dude, I would have listened to it. You nah, know he was saying? he started really going in, yeah. and then after that, you guys start working on because of the internet. Yeah, so so Did the process changed. Yeah, the process the process changed. Oh, I, I got on board because of the internet. Yeah, thank you, sir. Because uh, around around that time, I think we kind of figured out our workflow and figured out like. In terms of our conversations, is what you know what I had to offer, what he was what he was trying to get out of me, um, and once we went into because of the internet, it became like let's like build a world, you know, like let's 
There was his character he invented, the boy. Uh, sonically, we were just talking about everything that should be different on that project, bringing in people like Thundercat. Uh, Joe's cousin actually linked me with Kent from Overdose uh, to write on the song, but we just started bringing pieces in together to just kind of make it make it work, and then also beyond the music, uh, build a world outside of it. Like we did all these pop ups in New York and Toronto and L.A. Like one time it got shut down by the cops, but we our our record label wasn't really supporting anything we were doing, so we just figured out this is the best time to try to do any kind of guerrilla marketing. So a lot of shit was happening on the internet, whether he was tweeting, uh, whether he was doing like Instagram posts. Uh, you just started really investing into the whole world of because of the internet, you know. And y'all start investing into your fans and getting that relationship. Yeah, that was very timely too, because I feel like that is the beginning of that conversation. People were talking about the effects of the internet on people and how yeah. we interact with each other now. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was uh, that was around the same time when y'all were at Pan, Pan Pacific Park, right? Was yeah, that exactly. That? That's okay. when the cops came and shut that down. But and it was there were a bunch of kids that came in. I mean, but it was it was the building of, you know, how the kids started feeling like I'm part of this, and that's yeah. how I feel like yeah, they yeah. are with with Donald. So everything he does is like, yo, I roll with this. Yeah, it's kind of how back in the day, you know, me and Richie, and how we felt about DJ Quick. I, I, I used to love DJ Quick too. Okay. Yeah. Now you know, but Richie is one of those who's yeah. completely invested in DJ Die Quick. Hard. Yeah. And if whatever he does, no matter if it's whack to us, Richie's gonna be like, no, it's just amazing, right? Yeah. You heard it? Yeah, that's dangerous. That is dangerous, but that's how a lot of kids are invested into their artists. Yeah. And I and I think uh when you do when you have a pop up like that, you allow your fans to feel like, Oh, I could be a part of this. And a lot of those times it felt really direct to consumer. Like you felt like you were cutting people out. Cause if you say, Hey, come meet me at the park and it's like your favorite artist and you feel like you have a chance to meet your favorite artist, mm-hmm. uh, you just have a different kind of investment. And even and even we did other shit like we had a screenplay uh, involved. We had um this short film called Clapping for the Wrong Reasons, um, which was the first time we worked with the same director that's gonna I mean that directs Atlanta. He wrote Mariah. Oh. And so you started seeing like all of these kind of pieces come together. And the people that were in that short film, they all ended up writing on Atlanta. Um, so you started seeing like the, the team come together. Because around the same time I came there, it was the same time that Donald's brother Steven came by and uh, Steven's best friend Swank. Like, so you started seeing the team build. Um, what, what did you do? What do you think you did... Um, where he finally was like, all right, I really need you on this shit. Like, I really want you to put, put I really, he's going to start listening to you more. Your role begins to grow, and he accepts what you say more now. Was it because of the success of royalty and the response? I don't even think it was, I think it was before that, because one of the first conversations we had was, there was this, uh, when, when Camp came out, he got like one of the lowest scores of all time on like Pitchfork. It was like a 1.6 or something. Out of ten, and uh, I think it was that bad. Damn. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, but see, my 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 conversation with him around that was like, first off, as a black dude, uh, these kind of white people think they could target you because they feel like you're safe because they wouldn't do that shit to Chief Keith, even if they hated Chief Keith. Yeah, they, they don't want still that. Give them they don't want that six. smoke. They don't want that yeah, smoke. They, yeah, they, they 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 not they feel like these kind of white people feel like they can insult you, and and, and second, it was kind of like just knowing where to work from because I'm like. You have a crowd. You have a sustainable crowd. 
So in terms of like your monetary value, people gonna always fuck with you. Mm. Now you have to get the critics on your side in a way of like, how can you elevate the art? Because if you look back at all the shit that we've ever done, it's always been quality. Even if you don't like that shit, it's always been like you put in time. Like I remember when my mom used to make something good. And if you said that shit was good, she'd be like, I know. Like She don't say thank you. She's like, I know. And, and I feel that because a lot of the shit that we were doing at the time, I'm like, you don't like this because it's not within uh, the realm of you supposed to like it. Like you're like right now, it's not even okay for you to like it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think um, prior to to royalty, like right after camp, we just had a lot of honest conversations about where we need to go and what we need to work towards. Like every time we would speak, it's like, what do you, what is what do you see this becoming? And if you start uh, start talking about that, you could change the aesthetic. You could you could. Make sure the conversation is truly clarified about like what you're trying to do as an artist, and I think you just start shaping things from there. You know, because by because of the internet, I wasn't scared to be like y'all want to be titled as the executive producer and creative director, which to be real is just made up shit anyway. It's just me being like, yeah, I feel like I was very a part of making this project. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. all these titles don't mean shit anyway. You've always said that to me you, because there was no specific thing you were doing. You right. were doing everything that right, you right. could do to help out the project. Yeah, it was. It was like I said, man. Whether it's like, uh, like even Hero, we met. We met Hero, the director for Clapping. We met him based off of being at some other video shoot that was the worst video shoot of all time. That I don't even know if it ever got released. It was because it was like for a feature at the time. But we connected through that. And I was just kind of like seeing his work. And I saw what he did with like Earl Sweatshirt and Donald and like some stuff he did um, for a live show. And we were just like, this got to be the guy. Then you start seeing other things where, you know, you have references. You go like, this should be this. It's just having good taste. And that's why I was giving props to Cheese earlier. It's because some people are just like born with taste. And other times mm-hmm. you have to like kind of discern start understanding why things work and and I was at that time I was like okay I get I get what this could be you know and there was other people obviously around that helped kind of create that story and bring that new narrative new archetype but it was just really having good taste like across the board you know when did when did you actually become the manager I feel like the title was thrown on you before you actually became the manager yeah, nah, I was... Because you were around, I heard people say, oh, it's manager. I was like, yeah. you told me you ain't the manager. Yeah, first off, I never wanted to be a manager, and I still, I'm learning. Like, I probably, <laughs> I shouldn't be a music manager. Uh, <laughs> Why do you say that? Why? <laughs> For different reasons. Uh, Give me a couple, because you hate people. I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I, as much as I hate people, <laughs> it's more of like the kind of engagement with people. That uh, Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, where... You know, like, if you having a shitty, a shit, not even a shitty moment, because I'm very, like, melancholy by nature. You know, I'm very, like, reflective. I can be extroverted and, like, own a room if I'm in that if I'm in that zone. But for the most part, if I wake up and I'm, like, don't want to say good morning to people, that's how I naturally feel. And they're like, good morning. You're like, good morning. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not naturally, that's yeah. not naturally who I am. And, and a lot of management is, is, is. Fake uh, so it's not even I don't care See this thing man I don't even care About fake That shit being fake Cause you're supposed to be Kind of a little fake In a way of being like Yeah we both are kind of We have this thing That we're trying mm. to sell To each other yeah, yeah. And, and in terms of scale The people at the top Those are the ones Who don't give a fuck They're not calling you back They're not texting you back um, With me I'm from LA You know And so I get a million people Hit me up Hear my mixtape Do this 
do that. And management always felt very uh, constricting in terms of just like how much access you have to give of yourself to people. And I'm not naturally that kind of person. Mm. So, so when it came to what was going on with Donald's camp, he had gotten rid of his manager around the time where I was already doing management shit. Like, he did a video called The Worst Guys for Chance. And, like, I was paying out of my pocket for a video like that. I was that. in that video, guys. Yeah, Joe was in that video. <laughs> but see, and I brought all the homies to the he shoot did. because I was like, low-key produced that shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, and Great he, video. And it's it's, it's it's actually probably like bottom three in terms of what I feel Look, like quality-wise. Niggas dope. Um, but yeah, around that time, I was like doing a lot of shit for him that's already that already felt managerial. And then I had my, uh, what what would be my future partner, uh, Wolf. He was a tour manager. So we were already doing shit while he had fired his primary manager. We were already both doing shit that felt like management. So it took us some time to just be like, it took us like six, seven months to be like, all right, we're already doing this shit. Let's just manage them, you know? Right. And we stepped into it. Like, it's one of those things where, like, you, you like working with somebody anyway. So, once again, you just come up with a title and get some bread, too. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's important. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, then, after because of the internet, that's when you kind of, is that when you kind of start doing your own thing? Like, uh, you and Wolf, y'all grabbed on, you know, yeah. you met Carrie and uh, Malik. Carrie and Malik, Black Party. Black Party. Um, that's when we started trying to expand and really, it's not, you know what, I wouldn't even say trying to because the way that came about is I heard a song that I really liked uh, and then I just wanted to share that song. And then I think when you when you meet a new artist, you just try to like, you try to figure out the relationship. And so as a growing management company, we were like, we didn't have anybody, so we wanted to sign a new artist in. And the parent company that we were with at the time encouraged us to sign new artists so we went into that that territory and and as i'm getting older and i'm learning man you just kind of have to put you you kind of just have to put yourself out there you know like you really just have to take those chances um regardless of how those situations work out because this shit is just all uh information together you know like everything we were doing at that time whether it's like you know making a better live show trying to cultivate new artists it was all just kind of information and i think that was the time where Atlanta had got greenlit. So we were just talking about, uh, you know, what's going to happen during these gaps because he's still like Donald's still going to be making music, but he's also like starting to dip into TV and film and do more of that. So let's just figure out what this, what this other, uh, what this company can service as. So did, uh, you know, I know how invested you are into Childish Gambino and the projects you guys had coming out, because you around that time you did Stone Mountain and Kawhi. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so how hard was it to do that? And then you have these new artists that you're trying to trying to build up, that you're trying to get going. You almost, you know, they're young. Yeah. So I know with managing comes some babysitting, especially if they're not if they're new to the game. Yeah. So how difficult was that? I mean, it was it was hella difficult just because there was no infrastructure. You know, what I'm saying at the time and. And like like what I just said is uh, everybody's kind of learning on the fly. You know, I yeah. feel like a, a I feel like a, a sixteen year old mom. You know what I'm saying? Like I felt like <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I feel I felt like you know like I'm going to school. Yeah, I got two jobs, and I and, I don't tear up my house. And my baby want Jordans. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's what that felt like. So so it was one of those things where. 
um, going through that process, you, I could feel I could feel the weight of it. But at the same time, uh, where we were with Donald is like they were much younger, so we were tapping into shit that I just didn't see before. Like I was able to see, you know, certain movements happening just because they were like, yeah, they're twenty one, twenty two, and their perspective is so much is so far from so so different from what we had already kind of been experiencing. Like, you know, I think a lot of the times, like, you know, I, I hate that old nigga mentality of, like, things have to be like this. You know, the new generation ain't shit, blah, blah, blah. Like, I like seeing, like, new new energy. I like seeing, like, uh, even if I don't necessarily agree with it, just another perspective, just to be able to keep as well-rounded as possible. So, you know, Definitely. yeah. So at that time, it was one of those things where I'm like, all right, beyond just taking them on as clients, like they was, they were definitely giving me uh, a fresher lens to kind of work with. You know, as you get older, you start realizing you need to keep, uh, you need to stay up to date just with culture. You know, and what's happening. Listen, you told me that a long time ago because I was stuck in my ways. Yeah, you got the old new. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. I mean, I'll start eating, oh, what you listening to now, man? Shoot yeah. me some shit. <laughs> Shoot me some shit that's dope. Yeah. And I actually liked it. Most of it. Mm-hmm. But Oh, I forgot. By the way, one of the other uh, stipulations of this interview is I could walk out at any time. <laughs> and I definitely <clears throat> want to get some fresh produce. You know, it's, it's like a lot of farmer's markets today. Uh, and also, I got a, a meeting to go to. So, at some point, I'm going to walk out in the next probably 20 to 30 minutes. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. We got plenty of time there. Joe, 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 let us know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> cool. Look, man. Cool. Yeah. I thought the brothers were going to give me 10 minutes. I felt like that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I felt like that. Um, so, all right. Let's move on then. Let's move on to this last album that, like, took off. Like, especially, you know, that hit. Just, mm-hmm. Man. I mean, we still hearing it. Yeah. And, uh, but the promotion of it, first you guys did the, uh, the concert out in, uh, Joshua Tree. Joshua Tree. Yep. Which is super dope. Yeah, you went to that. Yeah, it was amazing. But you said you lost money on that? Damn, I mean, I mean, we didn't. My bad. We can edit this. Nah, nah, it's fine. Okay. Uh, We didn't, we didn't. So would you do it again? Knowing that, would you do it like that again? Absolutely. Like, because of the benefits that came. So, from. so even with that concert, art, the the this shit is real. You hear the train tracks and everything, man. Um, even <laughs> with that, on Jefferson Boulevard, it's real. It's we in the hood, bruh. <laughs> nah, but uh, <laughs> when 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 we did that concert, it was literally us leveraging the record label because he turned in that album, and the the head of the label was like, "What the fuck is this?" You know, like I can't, I can't make money off of Funkadelic. Like, you know, he didn't Yo, say. What made y'all do that? That's the crazy. I was like, I did not, ex- you know. Yeah. No one expected that. We got in there. It was like I felt like I was high and I don't even smoke. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it started. It started with Donald. He just kind of was like, I just want to have uh, an experience to to support this this project because he didn't want to go on the road. He was like, I'm not going to tour this time. So I just want to be able to provide people with some sort of experience. But if you know, if you notice, man. That happened uh, in September. We didn't release the album till December. So yeah. how many times did somebody do a full concert of an album three months before? And the only reason we did that was because the record label didn't accept the project. And a week after that concert, the record label was like, 
Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll release right. it. You know what I'm saying? Just Damn. because of the we we yeah. have to force yeah. their hand. The reception. Yeah, because of the reception. But but uh, we just wanted to to like the thing with that concert, man. Is you take that risk because you have to start really creating a narrative, man. Like every time you have a project, you have to make people go like, "Why is this happening?" The only thing you have now in the world is just like, "Why?" Because people have so much fatigue of so much shit that they see that you got to be able to cut through. Yeah. And with Donald, he always kind of hits the reset button every time he goes into a project creatively. So with that, my partner Wolf, this is what he lives for is like live production, you know, and and. Uh, being able to hear that project and then us talking about like the references, yeah, it felt like an acid trip on the inside. Yeah, you know, just all everything that we had going on in the dome. For me, it felt so authentic and real. It didn't seem because you know, it's it's Childish Gambino. He's a rapper. Yeah, we heard him sing some on some songs, but at that concert, it just seemed authentic. But I know some people. Uh, some dude told me. That he felt like uh, that album, Childish Gambino album, was cultural appropriation. That is fine. I, look, this is the thing, man. Like I saw the I saw the Bruno Mars. Like once the Bruno Mars conversation came up about Bruno being a cultural appropriator. First off, I don't give two fucks about any opinion like that. But second, um, I was just I was just kind of like, so what? You know, because I'm like, Bruno Bruno has paid homage to all of the artists that he's, he's, uh, he's taking music from. I'm not even going to say inspired by because it does feel like he takes it. Um, <laughs> but he's also a guy who, who truly loves that music. He's always giving credit. He's always giving credit. Donald is a guy who, when you hear that, that music, you got to understand, like, that's all his pops played in growing up. That's... You know what I'm saying? That's exactly what I said to, because the person who said it was not black. It was a white dude. And I was like, should have beat his ass. Wait, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm confused. Like how could, where's the appropriation coming from? I think because he had a few black friends and I had to jump jump in the conversation. Like how? This is our, this is our music. This is what our folks listen to. This is what we grow up on. You didn't. So it's not natural to you. That's wild. Like, this is this is our life, so him doing this. Also, that's it, something he read in the article. Like, just man, have an opinion. Typically, you know what I'm saying. Like, I hate when motherfuckers come to an argument like with something they just yeah, read. Yeah, oh, and then uh, okay, so um, when it came out, there was a another guy who's actually in the music industry. Never gonna say his name, but he said say uh, his name I or can't. leave it at the playground. No, no, I still got to say what, what what he said right. because he had a problem with the album. Being having a white boy helping create it, I've seen that numerous times. So, everybody should revoke their Wakanda citizenship too because he did the music to Black Panther, too. Exa- huh? Exactly, <laughs> Ludwig. How you say his name? Yeah, look, first off, Swedish people are different, <laughs> they're just different, like they're different kinds of beasts, anyway. Um, and when it comes to like actually. Loving the music There's a lot of black people That don't value their own Culture mm-hmm. anyway Like Blacks. Like And that and that's 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 the kind of thing That bothers me With a dude like Ludwig Who actually go And learn uh, Learn about a culture But also he's more of He's more of a tentacle To somebody's like Brain And he's just there Being able to execute And uh, You know 
And he's been working with Childish Gambino since what, 2008? But beyond that, like, do y'all love Bobby Caldwell? Like, do you love, do you love Hall and Oates? Do you lo- like, come on, man. Like, yeah. I don't, I, like. It was really a hater comment when I saw it. I was like, dude, because even the guy's best friend is like, yo, this album is amazing. What are you talking about? Just like, why would you just not just sit there and just listen to the album? Just listen. Why are you looking at the extra? Just listen first. How do you like it? Yeah. What's the is that you think about the white boy while you listening to it? Yeah, I mean that don't make sense. You got you got to just be trying to find something righteous to say. That's what, that's what I'm, I'm saying. What, I'm is, what does that like, matter? Did you, did you want to be a part of it instead? That's is that it? You want to be the one, you know, pushing the music? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I guess I guess the thing I think about is just kind of like what what does that opinion do? Like the like mm-hmm. the thing I the thing I loved about Black Panther. Uh, in general is that it's one of the, the rare forms of art that's actually changing like consciousness in terms of black people being like oh I could probably get a job doing this or I'm just proud to be black or mm-hmm. I'm, you know what I'm saying um, a lot of the times when people kind of say things it's all they're doing is just saying things yeah. like like when I go out I don't have a lot of conversations because I'm just like there's there is no objective it's literally just talking the same way you see shit and it's just outrage it is just outrage and it mm-hmm. doesn't live beyond that moment so I can't even like truly acknowledge or care about what somebody's saying. So when I say I don't give a fuck, it's literally being like, this isn't even gonna like spark me in a way to at least continue this conversation. Yeah. This is of the moment, you know what I'm saying? So um, I don't, I don't like a, a dude like Louis producing the album and being like, is there an issue with that? I don't give a fuck. What are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, I love the album. Um, and it's still black as fuck. It's, so the, like. it's probably one of the blackest <laughs> what albums even really we've mean? heard. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, what, you, what y'all got coming out, man? What's, what's next on the music scene? It's music being made currently. <laughs> yeah, man. It's. I mean, I mean we, is we it never going? Is it gonna? All right. So I know every album. It's a different sound. Yeah. yeah. Different energy. Same thing. We moving on to something. It's all money. Everything we do from now on is just get the bag. All right, let's talk about it then. Because y'all get because y'all getting this bag in Atlanta. Are we though? Uh, all right. Well, you're getting well. Somebody bag. Somebody had a bag on the last episode. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> he was fumbling with that bag. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's funny because all so many of those stories you've seen, like in person. You know, like. Uh, but no, on the music before you go on, on the music side, we we announced a tour. For later this year, definitely gonna do Pharaohs again, doing it in New Zealand. Oh shit! And it's gonna be like, can I come? Man, if you, man, you you can't get you get free tickets, don't you? We don't have to put my business. Okay. That's what I'm saying, cause cause I was gonna be like, you know, trying to curve you in a way, <laughs> like right now, like I don't think we're gonna have the, you know, the, the space or so, like, <laughs> cause I yeah, I don't want to say yes to you right now. Dude, I got a lot more free time, man. Come on, just let me come through. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it all after. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we, we're gonna do that, and it's gonna be it's gonna be very special. Like, like uh, the tour, the domestic tour is doing really well. I don't think people understand with Pharaohs. We're yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. Like what we're trying to do with with Pharaohs in New Zealand is essentially change the way people are gonna listen to music after that. You know, so it's it's like a we have an ambitious thing we're trying to pull off, and if it works, then it's incredible, and if not, then we fucked up. It's fine. Yeah, We're all it's gonna die. Yeah. 
So earlier you you asked him, you were saying, what's the difference between writing and consulting now, like your new role? Oh, right, right. Because you, you, you wrote, wrote first season. Yeah, you wrote, wrote in the first season. Now you're a consultant. So what's changed? Like writing, also writing first season is a very flexible term. Um, <laughs> with season two, being a consultant, uh, I think because, because like around that time, like we were making an album and there was so much administrative work going on, mm-hmm. it'd just be times that like I'd come in um, with a reference, like I like even for that first episode with Cat Williams, man. That yeah, that whole scene was just a reference that I showed the room. Like y'all, you know, check this shit out. Y'all got to see this shit. And it was, and it just became uh, like they're so smart. Like the last episode you saw at the beginning, that woman, and you, and and if you follow Vince Staples, then you would know like that happened to Vince Staples. But the first episode, yeah, yeah. the first episode was kind of similar to that where just saw something crazy and they were able to frame that story in a way to make it work for an episode. Um, And then also just being able to be a manager, you know, like that whole, the whole story is like somebody with nothing and their cousin coming up to rap, being a black manager, going in all these rooms and people just kind of assuming like you're not supposed to be there. You know, there's so much of that, you know, and that episode, uh, I think it was the second episode where, They're in like the fake Spotify. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that's exactly. That, I thought about shit. you so much. I was like, this is hilarious. A lot of that stuff. Is, yeah, come on. It's right itself. Like, yeah. like so much of it's funny, like post post Atlanta, there's so many times now that I think about things that happen mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh yeah, you just that's how you do it. You just take something from real life. Right. And like I remember Cheese was telling me about being at Popeyes at night and uh there was this bum that came up to him and asked him for some food. Uh, and Cheese gave it to him. And instead of saying thank you, the bum was like, I knew you was going to say, uh, it's like, I'm not even going to say thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say God God gave me this, you know, but like real aggressive. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. and, 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 and I was just kind of like, I know how that could work on TV. There's mm-hmm. so many things I see now. Like I remember seeing a bass head in New York who uh there's a very specific lane if you do heroin, you know what I'm saying, that you try to like right. maintain your balance before you hit the ground. And I saw this shit, and I swear to you, in real time, it was like slow motion of like, this shit looked like art, like this nigga's mm-hmm. hand was up, and he was just like, <laughs> and I was like, man, that would be a beautiful scene, you know what I'm saying? And I see and I see those kinds of things happen now where um, these are all just references. That's why as an artist, you got to experience life. You got to be able to go like, Right. Seen this, 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 and but just the, make it work. The greatest thing is y'all are writing a story, right? You know, the people who know the story are writing the story. Yeah, you know, because there's too many times where we, I know, like all of y'all, we've watched ourselves on TV and we're like, huh? This don't make That's sense. How I feel to- about the Carmichael show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, go ahead. It doesn't fit your life because you're African. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, like how I feel about the shy sometimes. I'm like. Did that come? I don't. Okay, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I, don't, I ain't gonna speak on that. Yeah. Man. Uh, <laughs> but um, all right. So specifically about these these episodes because this new <laughs> season hilarious. What's was cat? You you want to ask? What's the pre- like? What's the pressure with? I mean, first season was of course lit as fuck. Everybody was talking about it. it was at every award show. It was yeah. like beating out Transparent, which nobody was beating. Fucking Jeffrey Ta- uh, Tambor, yeah, yeah, Tambor at that time. And then here comes Donald Glover. Um, what's the pressure did y'all that y'all that y'all felt this season going in? Like, and if you did, if any, 
I mean, I know they just talked about uh, early on just making sure that this has – he was like, this has to be a classic season. <clears throat> right. You know, and I think that it was just like a tone shift. Even being like – I remember uh, the first the first Batmans, you know, like the one with Jack Nicholson and then the second one with like Danny DeVito. And it just had like a different look. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you noticed, like this season's just been darker because it's winter. Has you know, been darker. You know what I'm saying? Just like changing what the feel of that is. And all these guys are from Atlanta, so they understand. They, they're telling stories about like, you know, their neighbor, uh, their neighbors getting robbed, like their cars getting jacked and shit like that. And it's just like, what is what's happening now that you see like Paperboy's trajectory change? Mm-hmm. People know who he is, and Atlanta's in a, in a place uh, in the year where everybody's hungry. You know, so it's. It was just like coming into that. I know they talked about making sure it was a classic, making sure that they're not pigeonholed into uh, into things that worked before. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, are y'all gonna do another so commercial episode? Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. You know what I'm saying? That's hard, man. Cause cause you want that groundbreaking. Show, you but you want that show to be um, be able to change and like each season stand yeah, on its own. Absolutely, yeah. and, and be malleable. Shit. And, Every you know, episode right now is standing on its own. Like yeah. for this. Mm-hmm. Set for this second season. Yeah, I mean the Florida man shit. Who's, yeah, whose whose idea was that? That's so damn clever. The, the group. So, yeah, I don't, the group has a way of communicating where everybody has like things that they contribute, and mm. and I know there's a lot of stuff that, like I was reading online, that people understand. Like they make a lot of references to the internet, and so with Florida man, it was one of those things that I think everybody understands that. All of those crazy stories do come from Florida. Yeah. But if you search, it's, you know, I'm from Florida. So. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Florida, Florida's like <laughs> one of those places. Like even when we was touring, like riding the tour, I'm like, I don't yeah. think about. I don't know about my like because every time we go there, some crazy shit happens. Like the only time we went there, like our band got into a fight. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like and it had never happened. It only happened in Florida. You know, like what I, part? Uh, Jacksonville. <laughs> Might have been Tampa. Right. But that's why. That's why I, I was saying, like, you know, yeah, you Tampa turn ratchet too. you turn your hat. Like I said, the girls at Tampa, they dance like GTA video game girls, <laughs> and they and they turn their hat to the side. You know what I'm saying? That's hilarious. It's it's yeah. It's just a different. It's just a different state. But I think uh, they use some from the internet, and then they use real life and go right. like, okay, Florida's crazy, but also there's this thing on the internet. And let's bring this together and mm-hmm. uh, create this crazy character. And you got somebody like, like uh, Darius who could who could tell that story and make it. Was it was it written for Cat Williams that part, or was it? Um, like- no, like <laughs> the real man. Honestly, I'm gonna show you the original reference. Um, but it, I think Cat Williams. You just see how talented that dude is, though. Mm-hmm. I think there were other people like we did a Chappelle. Uh, we did like a Chappelle. Show in New York when he was doing like Radio City, right? And Donnell Rollins, like Ashley Larry, came up to me and was like, "Yo, I'm reading for Willie," and I was like, "Okay," <laughs> like, like I didn't know what he was talking about, and he was right, reading right. for the same part that Cat Williams had, mm. and then, and I and I was like, "Wait, he's doing he's he's you know what I'm saying? Like that didn't make any sense to me because mm-hmm. I always I always look at somebody uh, and go like, what." What does the public know about him? What mm-hmm. kind of demons do they have to suppress? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like in a dude, in a dude like Cat, where 
you know, he got he got into a fight with like a fifteen year old. I mean, it's perfect. I think that kid was thirteen. <laughs> it was it. Like, like, but Cat is also if you really if you listen to his stand up, he's like mm-hmm. one of the most insightful comedians to me. Like him and Chris Rock and Dave, like pretty close. It's just that Cat took on that persona, yeah. you know. But his earlier stuff was super insightful. So I think he was able to dip into this character of like, you know, there's parallels in his life mm-hmm. and. and uh, and what that character had, but I, they didn't write it with with Cat in mind. But yeah. he played perfect. So very authentic. Yeah, especially that chip on the shoulder line. Yeah, I was just like, ooh, yeah. yeah. I feel like he felt that for real. Yeah, it's man. I think there's a lot of stuff that you could have like these universal truths on that mm-hmm. show. Because like, yeah, you're saying you felt it. Like I'm like, I feel that shit. Like it's. I, I think just now getting to the age that I'm at, um, it's like there's certain things that I feel more than I used to. Which is just like even I used to walk around with sort of like I'm gonna prove people wrong type shit, right? And it's like what's what's the point of that, yeah. you know? And you and sometimes when you see something like that to reiterate whatever you had in your mind, that's that's that was telling you to live that way. You go like, man, did I was I mm-hmm. like that? Was I that foolish? You know? So I think that show like that show does it like really well, yeah. you know? It mirrors you sometimes. Okay, you having you know hearing Donnell Rollins, um, he wanted to. He wanted the part. You get cat. How easy is it now? How easy was it now for this season to get um, to get people, people, stars, people that people know on the show? Because I know you had some difficulties last year. Hell yeah! I'm sure motherfuckers now. And I know y'all. Were, and, and I know you were calling names, and they were not coming. Oh, uh, hell yeah! I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, you can call out names too on the show. I mean, you didn't call out no names, but I ain't no punk, so I'm gonna say Lil Yachty turned us down first season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, that but, wasn't smart That wasn't smart Migos Migos uh, Didn't obviously And they were the ones That came through And I think they created A great moment In terms of the second season Though like there <laughs> There's one person I, I will not say But But uh, I think It was a great Decision uh, I mean it was great That it didn't work out Because She was supposed to be On season one And I think People would have Lost their fucking mind If we had her On the show but that was the only person that we couldn't get that we truly went after. When it came to season two, everybody was on board. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody wanted to be like, just, just put me on. Like, oh, man, y'all looking at mind him. For who? I'll tell you. I'll tell you after. Yeah. But yeah, I'll tell you. And after. now you're looking like, nah, that's not it's not right. gonna fit. It's yeah, exactly because I think uh, people look at a show like this, like here. People look at the man, show you got like that this. Thick ass, heavy ass mustache. Yo, it's an issue, man. That like, mustache I'm a, I'm a, look like it weighed ten pounds. I, I know, man. Grow that big. <laughs> it's it's the only thing I got now these days, man. Um, no but, hairline. Yeah, no hairline. Yeah, Team no hairline. It ain't yeah. a diss. It's, no, it's, it's not it's, a diss. A I wasn't dissing. Yeah. I was like, damn, mm. we got straight beards. So I'm trying to grow this struggle. <laughs> Shady. <laughs> I'm not. That's not shady. When Jay Z said, I mean, when Nas said, "Whiskers like a rat," I think of Jay. I mean, uh, Joseph. Giuseppe, I mean, my bad. It's Joe, nobody knows me as Giuseppe. That's not I'm, my name. I'm sorry, bro. We're not Facebooking right yeah. now. I'm about to say, doesn't all of Facebook know you? It's, yeah, I am God. choosy about my friends on Facebook. Yeah, I know all 1,500. I've seen some of them comments under your shit. You need to be choosy. Joe, on, 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 on Facebook, <laughs> Joe is a contrarian, and he, he'll do stuff. Oh, yeah. He'll do stuff like... He's like the DJ Academics, you know what I'm saying? Don't like, ever, don't do that. Like, like, don't do that. like, like, do what that. do you think? Don't do that. <laughs> like, like, you know, you know, people don't agree. <laughs> so you just like, yeah, let me just light, light a fire really fast. <laughs> Yo, I don't do before. that as much anymore. 
But yeah, it was fun for me. I was bored. Yeah. Um, all right, I do want to know this though. Right. From that first episode, why were Dar- why were Darius and Paperboy not talking? Why? Why do you think? So she said it's because a girl moved in and now their friends now it's kind of putting a strain on their friendship because she's always around. What do you think? I don't know. That's why I asked. I I'm like li- that cheese has a perspective because that's important. Because I'm like, this don't make sense. I was like, something had else had to happen because that would not have done it for me. I wouldn't. That wouldn't put the strain on it. I don't Sometimes know. that's just the point, though. It's like cheese was easily could see that from his perspective. I know, and I thought he was silly for that. But what, then, do you, what do you think? Um, in that first, in that opening scene, when when the girl gets blood all over, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was another thing everybody was like. Yeah, oh, what do you what do you think happened? Like, who do you think got shot? In that scene. Oh shit! Now I, I just thought she. I was wondering why she wasn't dead. I was like, did she get shot? But no, it's just blood on her. That's the point, bro. Fuck! I'm so stupid. That's Dang. all we're here to do is make stupid people understand no, that they're stupid. I was telling them last time, like I was really enjoying. You're not gonna laugh at that because it's, it's not, not a funny. Joke. It's not a joke. Now, uh, I was really enjoying my white friends who, like, Allison and them are a couple of white homegirls who was watching that episode. And they, like, white people in general have such a problem with things that don't have, like, a definite, like, they were like, so wait, so what happened to her? Right, I don't understand. Right, right, I was like, right, look, right. shit just happens sometimes. Yeah. And you might just get some blood on you and you might just get put out the fucking car. And, yeah. like, that's just one of the things that happened to you that time. Absolutely. <laughs> like, and, and the best and the best thing is, like, I took, I took Cheese to the premiere or whatever. And he's my gauge of what's like actually funny, mm-hmm. and like beyond black funny, just like is cheese funny. Like there's it's a difference. There's white funny, yeah. there's black funny, there's cheese funny. Yeah, you know cheese don't laugh at everything. That's what I'm saying. And and there's there's it's moments, annoying. there's moments like that. That's your own insecurities, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> but there's moments like that where uh, where I'm just like, yeah, this is great because nobody else is laughing at this but cheese. Yeah, you know, like the first the first season had that uh, that scene. Where they're they're uh, in jail, mm-hmm. and he's talking to uh, to the to the tranny, transvestite, the transvestite, transgendered woman. Yeah, that's better. There we go. I know I'm learning too, bro. Look at, him. Look at you. <laughs> also, Look at you. also, also, yeah. Um, and, and I've seen the way people react to that scene too, where black people laugh a certain way, mm-hmm. and white people laugh a certain way. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's just it just depends on like. Yeah, like once again, your perspective. Yep. So. Dude, I thought the funniest shit about episode two, because I always people have said this is a thing. I never knew if it was true. Stealing out of a store. No trace policy, <laughs> uh, bro. He looked at him like, bye. Yo, I was like, this is the funniest shit because we used to do this. Yeah. Like, but I know some people that got chased. They weren't supposed, <laughs> but I do know that the employees aren't supposed to be Superman and chase nobody. Yeah. But I had, I remember I, I worked at a, a bagel store. Man, it was the most racist thing too. I was sixteen. I worked at a bagel store, <laughs> and and the owner would tell me like, you know, every Friday we got this woman that comes in, and she steals a bunch of locks, steals a bunch of cream cheese, and uh, if you catch her, you know, you just hold her, hold her at the door, you block the door, and make sure you call the cops. And then I saw her come in. It was like a black woman, you know. <laughs> Uh, she had like a kid with her, 
And I was like, this has got to be the good girl that's, that's stealing, <laughs> <laughs> stealing bagels and shit. And, uh, and I just, yeah, I just let her go. Like, I, I didn't even, right. we just looked at each other. I was like, you go steal this? Because then the other manager told me, like, yeah, you're not supposed to chase. He's like, the owner was over racist mm-hmm. anyway. But I'm like, there's no way I'm going to go after somebody and chase. No, that's Dude, ridiculous. Man. She's got the funniest story about somebody stealing a phone from, um, from, from one of the from Verizon, Verizon. One of places, and he said he has a phone in his hand. He starts backing away. Oh my god! What did he say, cheese? <laughs> <laughs> he backed away and said, "See ya." <laughs> That's fire. He just took off running, but oh boy, chased him. That is, a boy chased him, which was. I think I think different states have different policies though, but I yeah. know in Georgia, like I think you straight like you not get, in Florida. Yeah, I was working at Foot Locker High School. They were like, "If you do not chase them, you're fired." Wow! It's like what? That's not my job. Yeah. I see my manager damn near like a woman. Like she's like five foot four, tackle yeah. like a fucking man. No. at the door. I used to tell the homie who worked at Best Buy. I was like, bro, he was like, "Man, yeah, this dude tried to steal him," and I tackled him. I was like, "Are you fucking proud as fuck? Wow. Proud? Yeah. That is not proud. your store. God. That's not your money." I was like, that dude could have killed you. There's no way I would You would have died yeah. for, you 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 lived and died for Best Fuck Buy. That. Best Buy till you die. I'd rather gang bang, <laughs> like, what the I'd rather fuck? gang bang than, than chase somebody for Best like Buy. it feels like more of a purpose. Like more of a, not a so, purpose. No, it does. You're right. <laughs> nah, it does. It's like, I don't you feel like you live for I'm your a, homies. A part of something. Your neighborhood. It's like for a discount, like they barely give, like I get a better TV at the end of the year if I tackle man. somebody. Come on, man. That's wild. Knock it off. And the fucking wave cap, man. And we, we, we the wave. So he had Yo, the Clay Thompson wave. That was the most. <laughs> I was like, I was waiting to see how this should That was another thing. It looked my like white he had a relaxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My white roommate was like, ah. And I was yeah. like, ah. I'll, I'll tell you, though. I remember being in fourth grade and uh, I got a perm. This is, this is. It's Nigerian parents, right? Instead of going and getting proper S curl, I've had a perm before. Yeah, but but, but this family, this so. this this ain't work out though. This is one of those. <laughs> this is one of those like, mine's look like Tracy, uh, and then by the end of the day, it look like Mowgli from the Jungle Book. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it wasn't the right amount of activator in there. Uh, and yeah, I just I, I took an L because everybody at school was just clowning me so much that I had to. Go to the principal's office. I was like, "Look, man, whatever you want to, whatever you whatever you want to say." Like, I, I was rude to the teacher. I hit some whatever. Just Please. give me, give me Yo, home. Man. I gotta go. Fan give me stories home. as a kid, give as a home. student in like elementary school, and even oh, all throughout, man, hilarious. I was revolutionary, man. I, I told the teacher I was gonna sue her in third grade. <laughs> yeah, in South Central. That's who, in South that's Central. That's what I was just thinking about. Yeah, that's yeah. power. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, all right. So what? What character do you most identify with on Atlanta? Is it the manager? Is it Earn? But you know what's funny? There's stories that I'm like, damn, that that feels a lot like just experiences that that we've had. But Darius, man, like like years. I mean, I guess I guess now I'm less introspective and like airy like that. But Darius is Nigerian. But you are that. I remember meeting you. I remember when I met you. I think Mm -hmm. I met you at Grand Lux. Um, It was somebody's birthday. I think it was maybe Jarrell's birthday. I mean, this kid is like 16. And I felt like I was a kid. He was a grown-up. And I'm older. 
But he was just like, he's talking about, I was like, yo, so what's the plan? He's like, I can't tell you that. I can't tell you. It's, it's going to work, though. Yeah. And I was like, all right. But this is how he's thinking, like, at that age. But nobody else was thinking like that. He's just, you know, I just got something going on, man. You know, it's going. One that's of how we going to do it. It was no, like, I'm going to go to college, definitely. It wasn't like, I need to do get this degree. It wasn't none of that shit. And I think that's important, too, that you, a lot of kids don't have that. They just go with, uh with the societal structure that we have. Like, you know, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get a job. You were like, fuck that from the very beginning. And the fact that your parents are Nigerian. Oh, yeah. And that's a big yeah, deal. Yeah. Here you are making money, moving up, I'm mean, buying your own car, having your own place. And you were telling me you, <laughs> your, your dad was still looking at you like, when you going to quit with this foolishness? Oh, yeah. And get a real yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. It took, it took, I think it took him seeing... Uh, me getting shouted out on TV, you know, like at the Golden Globes, that he was really like, "Damn, that's how long it took." Hey, he's like, he's like "Man, <laughs> I mean, you really doing this?" That's how like, Issa Rae, Daddy. Hey. Issa Rae, so her dad says the same shit. Like, I still don't know what you do, but <laughs> but see, good job. I, I feel like Issa Rae, Dad, because she went to Stanford. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, yeah, like, yeah, true. Like, like my dad wrote me like a, a full on I'm disappointed in you like letter. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> like like he was like, yo, I, I don't know what you doing, but I don't fuck with it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and, and, when? Man, it's just like when I officially was like, yo, college college is just me acquiring business law skills. And I think I was like twenty when I when I told my people it was like, Yeah, this is not important to me. Mm-hmm. Like I always, I always framed it for him when I was younger. Like, man, if you let me spend more time trying to figure out how to get into entertainment and music, uh, that'll be more valuable to me than like wasting time. Nah, so, 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 really, I did do that to kind of like appease them and satiate their egos a little bit. Uh, but I remember being younger because what Joe was just talking about, uh, me and him, like, Joe might relate to this, but I lost a lot of people. When I was really young, and when you lose a lot of people when you're really young, and especially if they're close in your age, uh, you don't have. First off, you don't have anybody to to make that process make sense to you. So you start internalizing, and you start going like, "All right, what does the world really mean to me?" So a lot of the a lot of the stakes and consequences that I think a lot of people that were my age felt, I didn't feel them. I was always kind of like. Shit don't matter. Just do it. You know, just do right, what you got to right. do. Like I didn't feel that. I didn't feel that same kind of pressure. So um, the way I navigated through life was just a little bit more like just do what you want to do because like that's you have to live with yourself. You know, like there's a lot of people that didn't make it to a point where they were able to even make those decisions and they might have been living for other people. So it was just kind of like tap into that early enough. And I still like to be real. I still got lucky in a way like the way even I met certain people was. I put like the one thing that wasn't luck was proximity and being able to be in a certain area. But yeah, sometimes you just be in the right place at the right time. You know, it's like that whole preparation opportunity thing. You just worked at Amoeba for a reason. That, like talking about proximity. Yeah. Like I remember you telling me like, I'm here, I'm gonna talk to people, I'm gonna get these relationships. I'm not just a worker. I'm not just here to make yeah, a dollar. Yeah. Like this is a purpose. Yeah, yeah, to that. And it's funny cause, cause uh, Doc got me that, that gig. And what's funny is when I was saying like, I don't. I, I can talk to people on purpose. It's like me and him. <laughs> he'll tell you this. Like with that job, I, I made sure that I maneuvered in a certain way where I was literally able to go anywhere and do whatever I wanted. So I would see certain people, and I'd be like, "All right, I'm gonna just walk up and, and be like, I'm gonna help him out. 
Like I had so much freedom at that job and I had worked there like probably like four or five months and Doc was there for like a minute. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, and this ain't no diss to Doc. It's just, it's just me different being, personalities. It's in terms of that, like we definitely got different personalities, but it was more so uh, being like, this is cause, cause Doc one of the realest people I know, but uh, this is me being like, all right, this is what I want out of this because now I'm already feeling the pressure of being here. So I want to get out of this. Yeah. And I saw how many people uh, in that environment, like people love talking about music. So I would, I would, had this whole process being like, oh, what you get, man? Oh, okay, this shit cool. Man, just networking. And, and you're the funny dude who'll be like, yeah, they got this one drummer on that album that's da 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 da. And people be shocked that a black dude knows who this. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. You're so yeah. articulate. Yeah. You know, but. Hey, you know, back in 1985, yeah. he did this with such and such. Yeah, nah, real talk. Real talk. It was one of those things where I like, I consume music and, and I was consuming stuff too, where it's just like, you know, like spoken word albums, soundtracks. So I had a broad understanding of like the catalog that people were buying. And especially people that had, uh, you know, that, that worked in music, you could tell because they would pick up certain things. So I'm like, okay, like this cat is, he's in the game because the, the spectrum of what he has isn't just like your average, like I'm gonna come in and just pick up, you know, Taylor Swift or whatever, you know, so. I made like a, a conscious effort to be like, all right, I'm gonna start talking to these people a little bit more, and that and that kind of led to um, being around the right the right people, you know. But yeah, that that came from that mentality of like, all right, this is where I'm at. Even right now, I feel like like things things are going well, um, but you know, things could go in another direction. Like like I don't ever go like better. It's just like, what am I learning? You know, like what's happening right now? What 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 am I adding to my skill set? What opportunities? Because my biggest thing too is I want to be able to provide opportunities to like, like people around me. Like I want to be a, a button pusher. You know what right. I'm saying? I want to be able to be like, all right, I could get this greenlit because right now black black shit is hot, so it's being monetized. Women are hot, so they being monetized. But at the end of the day, it's a, it's, a, it's a white dude that's yep. people yeah. listening to him and be like, man, this nigga, hey, we white got people, no gatekeepers. Man. But but it's not because not even yeah exactly. It's not even about. It's just about power, man. We yeah. just need to be able Control. to be in a position to be like, you. Here's here's some money to make this project, and you know when we really win is when you can get that project greenlit, mm. and it sucks, and we get another season because mm. that happens, yeah, that all, happens the all the time. To yeah, and and that's and that's every the thing that sucks right now to me is like we have to be so extraordinary. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like regular time is a failure. You know, like. I guess I guess black people aren't you know what I'm saying like I guess mm-hmm. Ava but 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 to me I'm like we just started getting these opportunities we just started getting this access right. you know like I looked at uh this trailer for this movie Sorry to Bother You and it has and it has uh like Boots Riley Boots Riley yeah cool exactly and one of my saw, favorite rappers and uh and, and I saw that trailer and I was like man this is the first time you get to see like a black Paul Thomas Anderson slash West Wes Anderson kind of indie black film. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's literally about access. Yeah. Like, we just, like, Atlanta's dope, but to be real, a lot of people just ain't had the opportunity. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And 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 the, the the people behind the cameras are dope, but guess what? It's a it's a dude or a woman in the hood who ain't never had the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, as genuine as these perspectives are, there's even another level of access that we are... Uh, that we don't have, you know, like I see a lot of people that even get to this point, it's because 
they're able to make other people feel comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like they're able to make other people go like, you can be in the room, but they're not going to naturally want Tiffany Haddish in the room or naturally want Cardi B in the room. Mm-hmm. They want people like uh, like Donald. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Donald is he publicly stated. Them. He's publicly stated. He was like, I had to, I had to uh, be like a translator. I had to get a, a white translator. And that's a fair thing to say because the world needs translators. Like I used to be mad at that shit, but I'm kind of like, yeah, how else are they going to know? You know what I'm saying? How are they gonna know about a voice mm-hmm. like you said? You know what I'm saying? It's uncommon to them. Like it's, it's what's up? I'm saying it's uncommon to them. Yeah, it's un- they don't they don't know. Like they don't like. I think about you know I talked to you about this, Joe. Like how violent my uh, my upbringing was in terms of just the stuff I saw. Like I've seen dudes get stomped out, shoes taken off, but also the same day is like we laughing later eating like That's ice what, cream. You and know we what I'm saying? and we talked about this. Like, yeah, we can make shows about it now, but it's we got to be careful with the way we do it because Absolutely. we don't want you thinking, like, this is all we saw. Mm-hmm. But like you said, one minute, I could have just got jumped. And the next minute, we over there clowning about some girl that such as just tried to holler and got dissed. Like, this is just grown. And See, my thing is you don't want to sell. It's not about selling the virus. It's about selling the lifestyle. Exactly. Because... Yeah. because Boys in the Hood works the same way porn works. It's just like, oh, wow, that's really happening. Like, people get off yeah. on that. You know what I'm saying? Men's society, because it's like, oh, sh-. But I wanted to be able to, like, I hate the word normalize, but I just want people to see a broader spectrum. Like, we're just now getting the black. We're just now getting the women. And there's so much to see. And yeah, people are able to monetize this, but give people real opportunities. Give, give DPs real opportunities. Give women a right to be behind the camera, even in terms of, like, Music supervision. I think the Shaw is the only other show that has like a black music supervisor. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like even seeing all this hip hop and R and B and whatever you want to consider black music on TV, mm-hmm. black people aren't putting them in these shows. Yeah. yeah. It's like a cool white dude. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So that need to change too. All right. Um, we're almost done. Uh you being the music supervisor, you being from LA specifically though, you know, I mean I know you know about all music. But you have to understand the music in that city, in Atlanta, that resonates through those people. So how do you choose your music? It, it's a different, it's a process of the writers who are from Atlanta. But it doesn't start with being like, all right, we need to just have a bunch of trap. It starts with the characters. And it's like, what are they going to listen to? Like, there was a moment in this season where Darius. Listen is to Hard li- Rock. He's listening to Death Grips. <laughs> You go, okay, Darius is listening to Death Grips and, and you know, Van uh, might be listening to uh, King Cruel, like indie music. So it starts it starts with the characters and even Paperboy and Darius had a scene last year where they were listening to Cheryl Lynn, you know, or they were singing Cheryl Lynn encore, you know, because all the homies listen to soul music, like, yeah. we're going to listen to Evelyn Champagne too, we're going to listen all of that mm-hmm. stuff. So you just want to really be able to, 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 to paint a really... Like a really uh, broad landscape of like what somebody would have in their playlist, uh, and then when it comes to like scoring actual scenes, you either gonna go like some a, a place of being narrative based, or you're gonna go with like a feeling, or a little bit of both. Because sometimes you don't want to guide people into going like, oh, I should feel like this because of you know what just happened. So let right. me get a song that that says what just happened. Sometimes you just want to be like, damn, that didn't. It didn't make sense, but it's, it, it felt right, you know, because yeah. 
Atlanta Atlanta music Atlanta as a as a city is the only place in the world that has its own like music economy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where where like there could be artists there that are only known in Atlanta and have hits in Atlanta and they good. You know what That's I'm saying? Detroit. Man, even Young Dro. Like Young yeah. Dro Young Dro got hits that we don't acknowledge as hits out there. You know what I'm saying? I specifically think of Pastor Troy, though, because I remember in 1999 yeah. going to Atlanta, and the biggest artist in Atlanta was Pastor Troy. Yeah. Like, I had never heard of him in L.A. I mean, but he was, they didn't care about nothing else. box? Yeah, but it wasn't big. It yeah, wasn't. Box. Yeah, yeah. Box. yeah. Like, that was the only person. They're like, man, put on that Pastor Troy. And he was like the man yeah. in Atlanta. He was. That was the same thing in, in New Orleans, like before Juvenile became, you know, before High Hit. Yeah, yeah Soldier Rags, it was the most popping shit in Atlanta. I mean, in New Orleans. They didn't care about no Master P. That's the one thing, I'm, I mean, I don't miss, but I used to love how much you had to, like, discover things. You know what I'm saying? Like, now everything is so accessible that you don't have, like, you know, like, oh, man, I was in New York and they were playing this. Like, it's literally, yeah. you get everything yeah, at once. Yeah. And you don't have to really... Earn it, I guess. That's the only thing that gets me a little, like, mad. All right. Um, so, I do want to talk about this before you go, because I know it's very important to you. Um, I don't know the name of the camp that you do once a year, that oh, you yeah. volunteer it's with. Camp, yeah, it's called Camp Crescent Moon. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, you you suffer from... I don't suffer. I'm not bad. I, I do. See, actually, I, I do suffer. I take that back. Because every time I get off a plane, it's crazy. Like, like I have sickle cell, and the thing is, in terms of in terms of like uh, visibility, the only famous people to openly talk about sickle cell, it's like Prodigy from Mob Deep, mm-hmm. T Boss from TLC, and there was like a local news guy called his name was Christopher Nance. Sickle cell is essentially like a black disease. Like you have a couple of Mediterranean people that have it. You have a couple of like people with uh, Latino background, um, but primarily it's a black disease. And the craziest thing is that because of this camp, I've gotten to know a bunch of kids and a bunch of adults with sickle cell. And what I'm learning is how, like, I guess that's why I'd be so mad. It's like how much racism manifests itself across the board. Like I've had homies that died. Straight up because they were told that they were um, that that they were drug seekers, that they were addicted to drugs. So because with the disease, you get terrible joint pains. And the only way to treat it usually is through pain medication. So you could look like somebody like me and and, and go into a hospital and look fine. And they go like, so what's going on with you? Like, yo, I'm having a sickle cell pain crisis. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, go go over there and wait for six hours. Well, really, you should be treated as a trauma patient. You know, you should be going in there, emergency, like the same way somebody with a respiratory problem would have. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they also start they start looking at 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 uh, your history and go like, all right, so this person's had opiates, this person's had all kinds of like uh, Dilaudid and Vicodins and all this stuff. And they go like, yeah, they're just addicted, trying to get another fix. Um, but even amongst the black community. There's not a lot of like uh, education, just in terms of how many people are trade carriers. Because a lot of black mm-hmm. people are trade carriers, uh, and then the amount of people with sickle cell. There's like 
over 100,000 people, black people with sickle cell. And it's one of those things that uh, because it's a black disease, it's, the research is like we're underfunded. Yeah. Um, people don't really talk about it. Uh, and it's just kind of not looked at uh, on, a, on, a, on a national scale. Uh, and because I travel, it's one. It's the craziest thing. Like I talk to my friends about this, because I actually I'm starting to get to a place where I like I could take care of myself. I have enough bread to be like, I'm gonna try this out. I'm gonna try that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think about how much people around the world, don't when they yeah, don't have access, they don't have knowledge of like you know like imagine living in like the UK and going to a doctor who only read about sickle cell once when a patient went in there and you having a terrible pain crisis. And that's one of the biggest things that they have to, to deal with. So I've been doing this camp uh, for like the last 11 years. But even with this camp, I'm starting to think about things on a broader scale uh, and, just, and just kind of figuring out, you know, what I can do that can make a bigger impact. It's great to have a camp, to have a bunch of kids in proximity to each other. But I think on a broader scale, I want to be able to actually like um, do real education, do real accountability in hospitals, and, and I'm working on my own kind of situation. Uh, that I'm, you know, this is this is one of those moments where I'm like, all right, I could, you know, if if Coogler's the homie and 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 Don, like these are the things that I would do with their with their favors. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to put together a plan to make uh, to make some sort of like impact within the next couple of years, just in terms of, like, uh, creating a new narrative around it and having people understand, like, what a lot of these black kids got to suffer through. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm in a position, once again, like, to be able to go, like, all right, you have a little bit of bread, so you can you can go that way. But a lot of people come from backgrounds where they might be, um, you know, government assistance. Like, most of the time it's government assistance. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's tough because you see how much uh, prejudice there is that, that 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 exists because of the color of your skin, mm-hmm. and it's and it's literally a disease. Like there's other, you know, there's less hemophiliacs and they have more funding. You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's just no money into this. Like, and it's the craziest thing to me. So I just want to see that change. What um, do you think it's going to take to get more awareness? Get get more money? More I, funding? Yeah, it's it's definitely more awareness. Like like I was joking with somebody the other day. Like, yeah, we not gonna have Channing Tatum out there. Like, yo, what's up? Because he doesn't know mm-hmm. any black people sickle cell. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's not you gonna have at the front of it. Yeah. Um, but you need you need to be able to to show what some of these kids go through. There needs to be more education for hospitals. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying across the board because. Uh, like I said, when somebody comes in and it's usually lack of like understanding on how to treat uh, an illness that um, you know you're not serving that demographic in, in that city, and that and that's the issue. When it comes to actual funding, they've only had two uh, new medications in the last forty years. They had this thing called uh, hydroxyurea, uh, and they have this newer drug that just came out uh, this year. Uh, called Indari, but these are just pills. These are like these are like um, like very. It, it could be like over the counter like medication. You know what I'm saying? Like this is it's not groundbreaking. It's just literally being like right. this is the easiest thing to do. So so that's uh, I think I think 
you know, moving forward, we have to get more people, more hematologists that are coming out of college invested in kind of like working on uh, treatment. We have to get more hospitals accountable. Uh, they got to get more more people with sickle cell to be able to talk in the forum to each other just to be like, yo, you know, when I went in here, they, they treated me like this. What did you do? Right, right. Um, I think a lot of that stuff, it'd be great to have a hub. You know what I'm saying? Because like, Anything when it comes to, to black people is just kind of like being able to 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 have a, a community to truly to truly like um, work with you know and and, and, and find comfort in and find comfort yeah you know so yeah that's that's funny because we were just talking about uh, people dealing with like uh, anxiety mm-hmm. and you know like as a black I have, I've dealt I have to deal with anxiety at times. And, as a black man, you try to be so strong, like, but you you don't want to talk to anybody about it because you don't have a place to actually feel comfortable. That stuff like that is very important for everything that we deal with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, you got any more questions you want to ask, brother? Man? Nah, nah. You, man, you painted a, a real good picture. No doubt, brother. I appreciate <laughs> you so much for this. Yeah, I'm never coming back. I, man. I bet. I mean, it took a lot for you to come here now, man. Yeah. I mean, and I'm gonna give you that money. <laughs> yeah. Publicly, give me the money, man. I, I need publicly. Publicly. So y'all want me to go get the money right now? I think I think that'd be fire, and then I could just kind of say all right, stuff. I'll be right back. You know, these these are all the <laughs> these are all the tidbits. We're gonna have a special guest on Pharaohs. If anybody, this is incentive to listen to the full podcast. Yes. So I'm gonna just start dropping uh, spoilers. Uh, Atlanta, we have another guest. Uh, episode seven. Um, it's gonna be somebody you don't expect. Hmm. Uh, gonna be working with uh, <laughs> with God's plan uh, pretty soon. Pharaohs <laughs> uh, is gonna have oh shit oh man oh twenties Joe ready. let me get yeah. some money what the fuck no, man you already owe me a dub yeah you right <laughs> hell no I paid you back no nah, that was one dub yeah motherfucker we can go through the checks. Oh yeah, that's hey, you in the UK? <laughs> I know. Wow. I know all the money I lend out. I ain't forgot about nobody. All right, I got the money. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> Get it on camera. <laughs> yeah. Just got proof. the money. All right. Appreciate y'all. How's it going, my stash? All right. Hey, yeah, we out, y'all. That's yeah. it. You better appreciate this shit. <laughs> <laughs>